Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like Hey, hey, it's Friday, 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 Friday. All right, uh, Friday Farm Report, right? Um, On the Friday Farm Report, let's see, um, we're mowing. I know, you say to yourself, every Friday for the last several uh, weeks, months, Carmen has been reporting mowing on the farm. Well, that's because tis the season to be mowing. Um, so we are fully in, uh, in, in hunting season preparation mode. That is the way that I would describe my current, current life in my house. Um, there are now several rooms dedicated to all of the things that have to be like laid out and prepared and counted and surveyed and tested and practiced and on and on and on and on and on. So there you go. Uh, it, Jim will be heading to Colorado um, on an elk hunt uh, soon. There's a bow hunt. And so, you know, he likes to go out there and roam around uh, and track them down on foot and, you know, the old fashioned way. So um, that's going on. And Matthew um, finally, he's been, you know, he's been working at, at Publix for a couple of months now, but he had never bothered to go and get a paycheck. And so um, finally, uh, one of his supervisors suggested that he do that. And so they actually cashed his checks for him there at his place of work, which I thought was really gracious. And so now, you know, he has what he perceives to be a massive wad of cash. And so he's going to open a checking account today. How fun is that? Right? Right? That's good. It's good. He's, uh, you know, he's learning things and um, that that's fun. Somewhere to put his egg money, right? He doesn't actually have any egg money, by the way. Um, I would like to talk for a moment here about um, just how far down you can, you've gone. Maybe just how far down you feel right now. Uh, Mark Dickey is a 40-year-old American. He's a speleologist. I had to look it up. Speleologist, word of the day. He studies caves. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was on this uh, cave exploration with a group of other experts like himself, more than half a mile below the surface of the earth, when he fell ill. Um, this was days ago now, and there are 170 people from around the world involved now in his rescue. They have uh, taken the necessary supplies down to him, and they do have a plan to hoist him out. But it's a complicated plan, and it may take weeks to accomplish. So for now, he's trapped at a depth of more than 3,280 feet in a cave in southern Turkey. So imagine that for just a moment. First of all, imagine um, falling that far, being trapped that far down knowing that you have no way to save yourself, that help has to come from the outside. And then the relief 
when help comes. The, re- the relief in knowing that even way beyond what you can see, somebody is working to save you. Now, it is not very hard to apply the mind of Christ to this example, is it? It's just not very hard. Help has come from the outside, even if you can't see it. Jesus has come to save. He offers to pull you out of the pit today, to set you on a solid rock, to walk with you, to carry you when necessary, to be your good shepherd, even through the darkest of valleys. Jesus has all the resources that are necessary. His grace is sufficient. He is enough. Trust him. Let yourself be found and saved today. If you're saying to yourself, you know what? I've been down in this pit of despair long enough. I want to be saved. Well, we, we want to see that happen. That's why we exist. So let me invite you. If you're ready to take the next step in putting your faith in Jesus, text the word faith to 41224. Text the word faith to 41224. And if you've got a faith story to share, we'd love to hear it. You can do that by visiting us online at myfaithradio.com. Hey, our friend Adam Holtz is back from Focus on the Family's Plugged In. Happy Friday, Adam. Happy Friday, Carmen. How are you this morning? Um, well, it is well with my soul. I had, a, I had a morning this week where my adrenaline was pumping so crazy because um, I walked straight into a spider web. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's In not the good. dark on my way into Ew. the radio studio. And so I've, I've, every other morning, I've just felt great. Because I'm like, I could feel like that again. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So I'm good. How about you? You know, just making our way through the week and getting people where they have to go. And yeah, but pretty Is it snowing? Is, are the leaves changing color yet? Like you live in Colorado. So I, I hold out hope that, you know, once the leaves start changing where you are, there's hope for the rest of us. No, not yet. I mean, it's still been pretty hot, although it's been chillier in the morning. So fall definitely feels like it's in the air when we get up in the morning. Mm -hmm. It's in the air. It's on the horizon. It's coming. It's coming. All right. True Play, a Christian gaming alternative. What is is True Play? True Play is exactly what you just said. This is an app that you can download. It's a subscription service. And The price varies depending on whether you want to do it month to month or pay for a year in advance. And Mm -hmm. um, I I think I would say at this point, they have, uh, I think, eight games, either six or eight games that are mobile games, the kind of games you would play on your smartphone that I think do a, um, a really good job, a competent job of imitating some other popular games that are out there in the marketplace. So there are a number of different kinds. One of them is a tower defense game, which is kind of an action adventure role-playing game called the Heroes of Rhyme, Battle for for Eldewar. That's a mouthful. Uh, A couple other games um, are Ava and the Mirror of Truth, which kind of feels like Angry Birds. And so as I've looked at these, there is that definite parallel 
And it reminds me of when I was growing up in the 80s, way back in the day, when Christian music first got started. And maybe you remember this too. It's like, well, if you like this, then you should listen to these guys. You know, that that Christian music back in the day was very imitative before I would say really in the late 80s, early 90s, it began to hit its stride in a very creative way where it was no longer about doing so much. And I'm, I'm generalizing here. I'm really not trying to throw CCM under the bus, but it wasn't so much uh, about imitating, but creating something really fresh and new. So, you know, I think if you have a young gamer and you want to know that they are playing games that aren't going to take them in a nasty direction and which reinforce faith elements along the way, uh, this true play gaming might be something worth checking out. All right. Interesting. Um, yeah, God, it is interesting. Oh, it is interesting. Absolutely. God, family, football. I mean, people are God. all jazzed about football right now. I mean, I already have text messages about, did you hear Amy Grant sing the national anthem? Um, so that must have been a big thing last night, and I might have missed it. Maybe that was at the Chiefs game. I don't know. I don't it even was, know how it, it ended. Wasn't, it wasn't uh, Amy Grant. It was Natalie Grant, who was another oh. Christian singer. <laughs> there you go. So it's half oh. right. It wasn't Amy. It was Natalie. And uh, Detroit won. It was a, a great oh. game. A, a great game if you're a Broncos fan, like I am, perhaps. <laughs> Not so much if you're a Chiefs fan. Um, anyway, God Family Football. This is a new docu-series. And a docu-series is exactly what it sounds like. It's a documentary that is spread out over the course of multiple episodes. It is airing, and this is interesting in and of itself, on Amazon Prime's Freebie. So Amazon Prime is a subscription service. You know, we got it back in the day so we could get diapers shipped to us really, you know, cheaply. And then... Later on, they added all their video stuff. Freebie is on the Amazon platform, but you don't have to subscribe. Um, this is a terrific story. Uh, it is the story of Evangel Christian Academy, which is in Louisiana. And they had a coach, and his name was Denny Duran. And for years and years, he was a championship caliber coach. And not only that, a man of deep faith. So much so that everybody doesn't call him coach. They call him Pastor Denny because mm. he really integrates his faith into playing football. And I guess in Louisiana, you can still do that without getting sued out of existence, which would happen, you know, perhaps in California or New York. But they won 14 state championships. He ended up stepping down. And practically the minute that he stepped down as coach, the program fell off a cliff. And they've now coaxed him back for another stint as the coach. And he is really trying to reestablish that winning culture. And so we get an we get an emphasis on the three things that are in the title here. He is very faith focused. He's very family focused. And then of course it's about football. So um, I, this is a really, a really nice series. I think one of the guys uh, from Cademan's call, if you remember that band, they haven't done mm -hmm. anything super recently, is one of the producers. And, and I think um, this is a show, even though it's on Amazon, that is treating faith very respectfully. Uh, it's not throwing it under the bus. It's not a hit piece like we sometimes see with these sorts of things. Um, so uh, it kind of feels like a very God-oriented, uh, very content-free version of like Friday Night Lights. So that's God hmm. Family Football on Amazon's Freebie. 
Awesome. We're going to um, return to our conversation with Adam Holtz from Focus on the Families Plugged In in just a moment. What are you planning to watch this weekend? We're going to review some uh, movies on the big and the small screen. Up next, you're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. All right, Adam uh, Holtz is here from Focus on the Families Plugged In. Adam, you're going to have to um, you're going to have to give me one minute of an aside here. I've been called out on the text line <laughs> for failing to give a chicken update during the farm report, oh. and um, somebody I was said, wondering hey, about your chickens too. Hey, you guys <laughs> talked about uh, picking bushels of apples. What happened with that? Okay, so um, the chickens are fine, but something is getting our eggs. We're only getting two a day, which is clearly not as many as we should be getting. So thinking about putting a coop cam in there and see what's going on. But the chickens are happy. Yeah. They, they seem, they seem uh, very, very happy. They're just, uh, they, can't, they can't roam freely right now because we have a hawk problem. Um, and so there you go. That's what's going on with the chickens. Um, we, did, we did pick all of our apples and uh, pressed uh, to date 13 gallons of cider uh, in our more than 100-year-old apple press. So it's such a fun process and project and we have preserved a couple of bushels to have a little um neighborhood gathering of apple cider pressing in a couple of weeks when it cools off and because it's such a fun thing to do with little kids and let them turn the crank so there you go that's what's going on here on the farm thank you for asking thank you for caring all right uh adam other people are like watching television while i'm picking and pressing apples um so what are people watching i loved my big fat greek wedding and apparently there's now my big fat greek wedding 3 yeah you know you are one of many who way back in 2002 made my big fat greek wedding one of the biggest independent movie hits of all time up to that point uh and this is the third one proof that that Hollywood is continuing to look backward and say, hey, what uh, what worked before and what can we do again? And this is pretty much exactly what you would expect to be with a couple of caveats. Nia Vardalos once again plays Tula Miller, who of course is the main star of this franchise, but we're 20 years on, so we have new characters. This is really a story about her family and her father, Gus, has died and his dying wish was that her family would have a a family reunion in Greece. That happens. There's actually a lot going on with the plot here. Some of that has to do with Tula's daughter, Paris, and her her boyfriend, whose name is, wait for it, it's about as Greek as it gets, Aristotle. Like, who names their child Aristotle? Uh, I might name a cat Aristotle, but I wouldn't name a child Aristotle. Anyway, I digress. And so I think in terms of the kind of relational dynamics, we're very much in that Greek wedding hallmark kind of zone. That said, it's 2023 and, you know, we can't have a movie these days without 
LGBT nods and mm-hmm. a non-binary character who at times acts like a male, at times acts like a female, at times gets, you know, mildly frustrated that anybody cares uh, what gender he, she is, or I think it's actually a female. Um, so it's just, it's annoying, right? Can we just have a story without these preachy little asides to lecture us on how we're supposed to think about gender and identity and sexuality. Uh, on top of that, there is more sexual content here, most, mostly in the terms in terms of innuendo, although the family does go to a nude beach. Everything is, of course, strategically covered, but it's, it's played for laughs more than sensuality. But there's that as well. I, you know, if you like the first one, just go watch that one again. You don't need to spend time and money on this one. Yes, everything is Greek. Like we 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 totally tell Greek jokes in our family and they're all from that movie. So there you go. Um how about Choose Love on Netflix? So Choose Love is interesting. This is a romantic comedy of a different color. Uh, I'm going to rewind the clock again, and, and I beg your your listeners' forgiveness if it feels like I'm going back to the 80s really a lot. But back in the 80s, do you remember the Choose Your Own Adventure books? Oh, where yes. Where you would read kind of a setup for a story, and then at the end of that first segment, you had to choose to do A or B, and it would say, you know, if you choose to go into the cave, go to page 53. If you choose to go for a walk, go to page 68. And then at, at the end of each you know segment, you would have that binary choice. This is a choose-your-own-adventure interactive movie. And it's about a young woman who is unhappy with her boyfriend and is considering cheating on him. And there are two other guys. And it's basically, you get to pick uh, which of these guys, essentially, she decides to go with. But the structure of the story is such that it pretty much forces you to choose to cheat on the boyfriend. Um, And it's just, it's kind of icky. Um, I I think as a a fun and interesting feature, it's like, oh, that's, that's new and different. But the way they have structured it, I don't know, you just feel kind of gross at the end. And uh, so it's noteworthy because of that structure. It's not noteworthy because of the content, which is, again, pretty much what we expect from a raunchy romantic comedy these days. Uh, Choose Your Own Adventure is still producing books for kids. They they do STEM series books, and they also um, oh. have a series on Stranger Things. So there you go. <laughs> Some things I well, know because go. I have... I still have, I have readers in these, in these age groups. Um, all right, Adam, we got to leave it right there. You guys need to go to pluggedin.com, read the blog. There's a great one there about parental controls and Netflix. Also, um, a series of other reviews that you don't want to miss, movies and other things on the small screen as well. So check it all out, pluggedin.com. Adam, as always, thank you so much. Thank you, Carmen. Absolutely. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Let's take a break for Breakpoint with John Stone Street. So for those of you that um, maybe are new to Mornings with Carmen and uh, and therefore don't know a whole lot about uh, me and my family, I have what I like to call a forged family. Um, so... Uh, when I married Jim 12 years ago, um, he had been married before, 
He has six kids. They're all mine now. Um, but there were a constellation of people like Jim. Jim is my person, but he came with a whole lot of other people. Um, I'd never been married and uh, have no children of my own, but these are all mine now. And we now have members of our family who have come to us through foster care and adoption. We have grandchildren. Um, we have the complexity of uh, all of those ongoing relationships that um, that exist because of prior marriages and so what does that look like at the birth and uh, and the birthdays and other special events of grandchildren where there are, well, frankly, lots of grandparents? And what does it look like um, on holidays when we want to gather together as a family? Who all is included in that? Um, so God is really clear about what he intends for marriage. Um, there is also an acknowledgement in Scripture that divorce, although not God's heart's desire um, is is a reality um, allowed for by his grace. And so what does it look like to live married again? Ron and Nancy Keller um, have an experience of being married again. Their book is Marrying Again, 52 Devotions to Prepare Your Heart and Mind for Marriage After Divorce. We're going to talk with Ron and Nancy next here on Mornings with Carmen. Ron and Nancy Keller are joining us today. Their book is Marrying Again, 52 Devotions to Prepare Your Heart and Mind for Marriage After Divorce. Ron and Nancy, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Thank Carmen, you. thank you for having us, and thanks for your lead-in by sharing some of your own experiences uh, so we can pick up where, uh, where you left off somewhere along the line. So we're yeah, glad I to be with that. you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. It's wonderful to have you here. Um, all right, um, let's just start here. T- tell us your story so that we have a frame of reference for this conversation. Well, um, <clears throat> both Ron and I were married before. Both came from religious families, never expected to be divorced. But it happens, uh, as you were mentioning earlier. and uh, And of course... Divorce was bad enough. Remarriage was sort of not a thing until until God brought us together. And as it turns out, we were married again. We've been together for 37 years. We have uh, five grown children together. Three were Ron's, two were mine. And uh, now three of them are married, and we have six grandchildren. And... Uh, We've been doing this remarriage thing now for a long time. Yeah, it's so good. Um, just because one of the things that I appreciate about um, you all is that um, you acknowledge that just because somebody has been married doesn't mean that they know how to be remarried. What's the difference between um, marriages where you know there has there has never been on uh, on either side an experience of divorce? And marriages where at least one person um, in the marriage has been married before. So, uh, Carmen, there are so many complexities that come with uh, a remarriage and especially with blending a family. And uh, there's so many feelings and so many issues that uh, come into the the second marriage and make it difficult for people to move on because of those complexities. And so... 
before Nancy and I were married for the second time, uh, we went to a workshop uh, on blending families. It was a one-day deal, uh, and it was the most overwhelming thing that we could have gone to. Um, it brings... I'm sorry. It rem- I'll carry on for him. Um, yeah, we were pretty overwhelmed at how many dimensions there were to think about that we hadn't thought about before. So I think in writing this book, we were hoping to help other couples be more well-prepared. Uh, in a first marriage, most of the time, the couple has time together to kind of blend as a couple before there are children and so many issues in the picture. And that's not true in a remarriage. You kind of hit the ground running, and it's very difficult, we've found, to maintain your couple relationship as the primary relationship when there are so many other issues with his kids, her kids, ex-spouses, money issues, just uh, housing issues. There's just a myriad of issues that are right there in front of you, right from the start. And they so easily take over uh, the role of the couple relationship, which just has to remain the primary one uh, for the security of children who have already experienced a divorce once. So, Carmen, and um, uh, my yeah, last well, first of all, I just I just wanted to say, Ron, um, thirty-seven years is not a very long time, right? When you when you start having um, these conversations, um, we we are transported back in an mm-hmm. instant. Yeah. to um, moments in time, feelings, experiences that we had with um, with a person or with a group of people, a part of the family. Um, and so we acknowledge uh, with sensitivity that like this is um, this is emotional soil that when we till it up, we need to be gentle and careful with one another as we proceed forward. So thank you for um, Nancy, thank you for your, care demonstrated for Ron and and picking picking up the conversation but also Ron thank you for um your vulnerability and um just revealing the reality that um 37 years is just not a very long time so i thank you for saying those things carmen my my feelings are about being overwhelmed with gratitude about mm-hmm. what god has done for both of us in spite of the history of divorce and I'm so grateful for how God has led us to be together. It's been a great journey. Uh, there, as Nancy has pointed out, been, there have been some struggles with it because uh, there are so many landmines that are out there. Uh, if we're not careful and walk carefully in our relationship with Jesus, we're going to step on those and there's going to be problems. So that's one of the reasons why we wrote this second book, the first one we wrote in 2002, same title. But we wrote this one because there's so much that we would like to share with people uh, from our own experience, but also from the experiences we've had with counseling many, many remarried families. Yeah, for those of you not aware, you can uh, connect with, um, with Ron and Nancy Keller um, via their counseling services, ronkellerassociates.com. We're talking today about marrying again, 52 devotions to 
prepare your heart and mind for marriage after divorce. Let's talk about the devotional approach because I really do like that. I love um, I love the brevity, um, the sincerity, the range of topics that you cover. Just just talk a little bit about um, this approach and um, and particularly the the encouragement each each devotional to to actually take action. Well, that's that's exactly it. Um, Every topic, and we've tried to include all the important topics from our perspective, but we can look at them all from a scriptural uh, and spiritual point of view. And what does God have to say, or how does God encourage us about each of these issues? And and with God's help, actually, like you said, including some real action steps with each of these topics to be able to, with God's help, make some progress and um, <clears throat> and learn more, move in a more positive direction on each of these different topics, even the challenging ones. I, I yeah, like the, I, I, I like the fact, Carmen, that you use the word brevity. Um, I like stuff that is pretty simple and clear and scriptural. And uh, it gives good guidance in a few words. We also yeah, know I've... that these days people's lives are so busy that it's difficult to sit down sometimes and read a whole book, even if the topic is something you're very interested in. So this way, people can just take a little chunk each day and keep moving along. And um, and in 52 weeks, <laughs> you've got quite a bit of information. Yeah, that 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 part is really um, a gift. There's also, you know, enough enough space to sort of like write your own notes at the end of each of these um, in terms of like, well, what what do how are we responding? How are we hearing this? What right. are you know, how does this how do we see this in, in our relationship or in our life together? How do we not like does it resonate? Does it not resonate? Are we there yet? Is this going to help us um, anticipate something down the road? Is it helping us, um, you know, see those moguls? Um, on that ski hill ahead, some of those kinds of um, anticipatory things. So I just, I just loved that. Um, the uh, the one about um, anticipating predictable issues. I think it's like number eighteen, um, right? There are some things that those who have walked through this particular journey or are on this particular journey, but further along, there are some things that are predictable. Could you could you just touch on a couple of those? Sure. I'm looking at that page right now. Um, some of them that we've listed uh, are, uh, I mean, some of them might apply to a first marriage as well, just differences between two people. We call it differences in temperament, um, different needs, different emotional styles, different communication styles. But then there are some very predictable typically remarriage or blended family issues, such as loyalty issues. Mm -hmm. Um, Kids have a very difficult time navigating their loyalty to their biological parent uh, alongside of a step-parent, for instance. Um, Their biological parent uh, and their biological parents, new spouse, you know, these kinds of things. Um, it, it's, 
it's not something people anticipate. Uh, financial matters, um, legal matters. Um, and, or, and one of the biggest ones, Nancy, is, um, is the kids. Yeah. And how they're affected by all of this interaction and um, the complexities. And they, I think the loyalty issue is critical from what you were saying. Um, but there's, there's uh, differences in parenting. It, it takes, there's a lot of adjustments that need to be made. And we always say it takes about seven years from all the stuff that we've studied for a family to truly be blended when there's children on both sides. And, uh, and so that means there's a, it requires a lot of patience, a lot of trust, a lot of affection, and tenderness, and uh, and some people aren't accustomed to that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think oftentimes when when two people get a second chance at love, uh, they get very excited about it. And not that we don't believe it is from God, but that certainly doesn't eliminate all the issues that come along. And so, again, understanding what you're getting into being prepared, having some skills, having some realistic expectations is really the key to not getting caught off guard. And we know that the vast majority of people that live through a divorce do marry again. And they're out there. They're out there in our churches. They're out there in the pews. And it doesn't get talked about a lot in in Christian circles or churches, but these people are there, and they really need encouragement and recognition and help along the way. And that's what we're hoping to do in a book like this. Grieving the loss of your marriage, addressing concerns um, related to uh, your children, um, no matter their age, including adult children, managing expectations, um, disciplining and discipling stepchildren, church relationships, the realities of, here's my list, holidays, graduations, weddings, Mm. grandchildren, Mm -hmm. a million other (laughs) shared events with a constellation of what could be um, very complicated relationships and often are. We're talking about marrying again, 52 devotions to prepare your heart and mind for marriage after divorce. We'll continue our conversation with Ron and Nancy Keller in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. You may not think of yourself as a courageous world changer, but you are. Sometimes fear rules the day and keeps us from identifying in these ways. But when you step out in faith and decide to take action in the moment, living this day in light of that day, in light of eternity, you change the world. Mornings with Carmen is part of listener-supported Faith Radio. This content is only available because of your support. The impact on people's lives, the reach around the world, it all happens because you stand up to make a difference. Now is your time. So take the next step and be bold by joining the support team. Click the link in the show notes or go to MyFaithRadio.com and make this day count for that day. Continuing our conversation with Ron and Nancy Keller, among other things, they are the authors of Marrying Again, 52 Devotions to Prepare Your Heart and Mind for Marriage After Divorce. Um, This is a wonderful resource for a couple as they consider marrying again. It's also a great resource for those 
who um, have already married again and now recognize, oh, maybe we weren't as prepared for all of this as we might have thought. So um, Ron and Nancy, talk with us um, about maybe some of the feelings associated with the failure um, of, a, of a marriage, like, right, the devastation um, that uh, a person feels when they are going through a divorce and on the other side of a divorce, because it, it, it changes us, right? It changes our perception of ourself, changes our perception of love and marriage. It changes our perception of the possible future. Just talk about some of the feelings related to that so we can each and all be more sensitive to um, friends and family members who are divorced. Well, uh, some of the main ones uh, from my viewpoint are guilt and shame and uh, feeling like I'm a loser um, there's a section, one section in the book where I wrote about how a friend of mine, uh, called me shortly after he knew I got divorced, said, let's have lunch. We talked and he said, there's something I want you to know, Ron. He said, you're going to be a better counselor because of what you've been through. You're going to be uh, more sensitive about people's needs and God will use you in new and better ways in, in spite of what's happened in the past. And uh, I walked away from that conversation with him feeling like this was someone that really cared enough to help me get through the hard struggles of the darkness that come with uh, the grief that comes with having to be divorced. Now, you're, you are uniquely equipped to comfort others with the comfort with which you have been comforted. Like, right, there is this sense that you can be a trusted guide for a stretch of the road because you've literally walked it yourself. And that's not to say that we can't walk with people who have um, an experience that's unique and different from ours, but there is a sensitivity that is cultivated um, by a shared experience. Exactly. We have found, too, that there's a real sense of grief and loss that come along with divorce for a lot of people. And um, I think people need to go through the predictable stages of grief just as if someone had died uh, oftentimes uh, in a divorce. Those stages of denial and this isn't really happening to me and then anger and, you know, it was all his fault or it was all her fault and bargaining with God, a sense of depression uh, before they finally get to a sense of acceptance. This is my reality, and I may feel guilt, but I know that I have a loving and forgiving God that I can come before and confess my part of the sin of divorce, and I can accept God's forgiveness and uh, believe the sense that there is no condemnation when we are in Christ Jesus. And we really have to accept that forgiveness before we can move on with our life. So we really encourage people to be aware of these feelings and these stages of grief and try not to move ahead too quickly. Um, I think not allowing ourselves to go through these natural stages of grief and loss and all the feelings that come along with it is probably one big reason why so many 
remarriages uh, also end in divorce, a big percentage of them. And we think it's primarily because people don't do the hard work they need to do to make amends and put closure to a first ending of a marriage before they move ahead. Yeah, it's as if the um, fear of being hurt, rejected, abandoned, um, that fear persists, and it persists for some period of time. Um, And so the new person um, is constantly wondering, like, why am I, why, why does this person not trust my love? Why do they not trust these shared dreams? Like, you know, why, why can't we just trust each other? But the the person who has experienced divorce um, has been so deeply wounded, um, and that rejection is still it, it, it's it's still there. It persists for some period of time, and um, if you can't sort of mutually acknowledge and ultimately slay that emotional leviathan, um, it is really hard to you know live together in the freedom and beauty that God intends for marriage uh, to be. So um, I really, I appreciate the the way you all um, have shared from your own life experience, your own lived experience, the experiences of others that you've had, um, you know, through through counseling and, and just uh, your experience as a family together as well. It's the book is really a gift. So thank you so much. Thank you for thank having you. me. Yeah. Absolutely. That's Ron and Nancy Keller. You can connect with them at ronkellerassociates.com. The book is Marrying Again, 52 Devotions to Prepare Your Heart and Mind for Marriage After Divorce. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Um, All right, one quick thing here um, at the close of the hour, and it is uh, about this month and what this month is in terms of suicide uh, awareness and prevention. Um, And I want to make you aware of not just what's happening with quarterbacks, right, but what is happening um, with, with efforts across the country to actually train and equip Christians like you and me to, um, to help people understand the value of their life um, and and the gift of it. So um, Stay Here is actually a ministry that provides training. It's free. It's free. I mean, obviously, it's a ministry, so they're going to they're gonna ask you to consider a gift. But you can get trained um, for free, and you can save another person's life. Like, literally, you can learn how to save a life. Um, and so stayhere.live, stayhere.live is where you can connect with um, this material. And it's their mission to train a million people, 10,000 schools, 10,000 churches um, in this suicide prevention training. Because they want to see a, a suicide-free generation. That's the vision. So you are going to learn how to ask, convince, and take action when someone uh, may be suicidal, get help for yourself and learn about suicide prevention, the common causes of suicidal behavior, the warning signs, and how to get help for someone who is in crisis, all of it. And it's and it's free. So um, I want to encourage you to check that out. Spend some time um, actually getting trained and equipped to be a per- person who can lean into the life of another person um, and have them stay here, like stay here. 
stayhere.live. All right, my friends, um, have a great weekend. God bless. Um, I'll see you right back here on Monday morning. God willing, and the creek don't rise. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.